Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 68 of Off the Crossbar. As per usual, I have forgotten to say the number of the episode until, well, if you make it through, you'll probably hear it at least once. Yeah, that's true, Trevor. What else were you saying about that? I really need Just, to work on my delivery when I'm trying to fool you, huh? Yeah, you need to make it a little bit less obvious. And uh, also, we need to be like in a mode where we're not like, okay, let's record real quick because Kyle's got to go watch a movie. Uh, I was literally still chewing. I didn't. I honestly didn't know you were recording or else yes. I would have been on some... Oh, I saw that coming. I wasn't, I wasn't on the but I knew that was coming. No, just... I was eating dinner. We'll Sorry. talk about it later. We were talking about... Matt tried to catch me in the middle of complaining about Rusnak's comments. <laughs> I don't know what there is to complain about. Um, but before we get there, let's, uh, let's social hour real quick. Let's do it. We have to do an abbreviated episode because my social hour update is that I'm seeing Dune this evening. And um, we've got a busy week. So, yeah. And I also, over the weekend, I went to Frightmares on Saturday and it was amazing and super fun and the best. And I love, I love Lagoon and I love Frightmares so much. Um, and it turns out actually going on a day when it's rainy can be pretty beneficial because I, I rode the Cannibal four times on Saturday, which is a very fun ride and it's usually the longest line and it wasn't even bad. And then, what you should also do these are some these are kyle's uh frightmares tips um is that uh two or wait what was the first oh yeah one go on a rainy day because i think it's fun and two um if you're going with like a group of friends rent a pavilion uh because it's like 50 bucks and we split it like 15 ways or something so it's pretty cheap and we just had a place where we could go chill and hang out in the uh, delightful fall weather as well um three lagoon is one of the only places in the country amusement park wise where you can bring your own food in with like no questions asked like at all so um which almost suspiciously so you can bring whatever you want in there and it's it's great so for those with difficult diets like me and sort of matt yes there you go um and also what else? I don't know, man. It's just fun. I love, I like, it's just so festive and like they do a good job with the Halloween stuff. And I just like, it's been a good month. It's going to, it's been a beautiful month and I'm going to miss October quite a bit because this has been like, October is usually a really pretty month, but this year I think fall has just been like on another level in this state for some reason. And so anyway, yeah, that is all on record, right? I think like, color wise yeah like there were multiple like we had times in this state where we had the 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 green grass every different color of leaves and snow-capped mountains on like sunny blue days sunny sky blue days it's like i don't know man it's just been good trevor we had more yellow yellow is like my favorite fall color for trees to like turn and so I'm always on the lookout to like see how much of it's yellow versus red and orange and all that. And we had way more yellow this year than I think we've had in the last several years. So, but like normally we usually have like a very strong yellow year or a very strong red year. We had both this year. Like it was like we had very oh, we had, yeah. Like it's usually not both, and a lot of it was at the same time. Like we had like skittle covered mountains like the entire like half the month at least. It was great. 
Anyway, yeah. I'm just really jazzed up on how pretty this month has been. And then like uh, it was obviously really raining for like the first part of the day on Saturday and then it cleared up. It, it like stopped raining and there was still like lo- like fog on the mountains and we're in like kind of like later October. So it's like a little bit more red. There's less yellow, but it just it was like sopped in and it was oh, but in the park was yellow. It was just it was so pretty. We, it's just a it's a it's a pretty state we got here, huh? Oh, huh, guys, we did Pretty all right. great state. Yeah, we did, right. we did, we did our part. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, uh, Trevor, what, what's going on? What have you been up to? Um, I'll give you like paragraph or less real quick. Um, yeah. I started watching a new show on Netflix. I've started getting into like Westerns kind of a lot and they're doing a lot more, not a lot more, but they're doing like modern Westerns. Netflix is doing mm-hmm. a couple of them and they have one called Godless, which is... Is that the Sam? Uh, um, uh, never mind. I can't remember his name. God, it's not- got Jeff Daniels yeah. as the bad guy, which is perfect. And like the opening scene, or one of one of the the scene that introduces Jeff Daniels as he walks into like a doctor's office with his whole like thirty man posse, mm-hmm. and his arm is like half blown off, and he's like. I need you to fix my arm. Let's go. <laughs> I'm a huge criminal. I need you nice. to do this. So anyway, it's, I've only got one episode in, but it's awesome. Um, besides that, there's a new one that's coming out and I just forgot the name, but it stars Idris Elba and it's yeah. Like, like it's like a black Western. It I looks like a very traditional Western, but yeah. starring it's like an all black cast and it looks incredible. Idris um, Elba is like I, I a bad guy that's get broken out of prison and somebody's yeah. trying to kill him. Looks awesome. I was thinking of Sam Elliott. He's just like a Western staple. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's in it, but there's another he's guy not, that's like a staple. Uh, you're talking about, um, are you talking about the harder they fall with, with Idris Elba? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Is that out yet? I think and it uh, comes out in a week. On it's a November movie, 3rd. right? It's not a series. Yeah, it's a movie. Nice. Yeah, that looks cool. I saw a, tra- a trailer for that a while back. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I started playing uh, The Witcher 3, which is nice. uh, a game I've been wanting to play for a long time. And so that's going to take up all of my time for the next couple weeks. <coughs> Those two things. And that's it. Love to see it. Matt, what's going on, man? So I'm drinking some ginger tea. I think the best part of fall and winter is drinking ginger tea all the time. Just slicing oh, up some raw ginger and just... Oh, you're doing like ginger ginger tea. That's the best yeah. way to do it. Yeah. Uh, and it's just delicious and like really warms the throat and the mouth and all the other stuff. I don't know. It's really good. Uh, second thing I've got is that I'm going to dehydrate some ginger uh, okay. and we'll see how that goes. I want to try making maybe some ginger candy or something. Oh, man. That's, so I like, will, that's my jam. I will report back on that. But I have a dehydrator, so I might as well use it. That's great. And, uh, on yes. the topic of tea, can you have you seen my Instagram story today? Uh, no. All right, when you get a chance, check it out. Oh, it's Trevor. Fun. I didn't even know you used Instagram, dude. Uh, I you rarely follow? use Instagram. Okay, well, you can follow my secret Instagram if you want. No, good. Put it in the Slack or say it out loud on this podcast. Okay, well, we'll talk about one it of later. those two. <laughs> you anyway, have to, you have to beep out secret. You don't have to beep that out. Sorry. Anyway, I was clearly beep. talking about Instagram. Don't find me. What are we beeping up? 
secret Instagram, but we don't have to beep it. It's fine. Should I just, I just beep the word secret Instagram? <laughs> then it's going to get really confusing. About every what I'm single time we say secret Instagram <laughs> should be beeped. I'll be honest, <laughs> I'm far too lazy for that. That's I know. You have like our episodes published like minutes after we record. It's, yeah, it's I mean, fine. So uh, that brings me to the next thing. And that's that I saw a criticism of the show only murders in the building and uh that they Wait, get there's pod- criticism of that that they get their podcast episodes out too quickly oh yeah that's oh, unrealistic and i have to say uh no you can do it and it can sound pretty good if your co-hosts are on the ball with talking that's the real the real thing is we don't really have breaks because we're we all like to talk, I guess, or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> final thing. Um, I have a special season three of my sci-fi podcast that starts on Friday. Love it. Uh, just You're three saying, episodes, you, and you, uh, they're all spooky. So, Didn't you post the last episode of season two just recently? Yep. The last episode of season two dropped Sunday. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday mornings this week, you'll have some Halloween themed spooky episodes and oh, good from there. Uh, yeah, it's vintage sci-fi shorts on all major podcast platforms. <laughs> Unless there's one I don't know about that's major, which would be weird because I don't do it. Anchor does it. It's much easier that way. Anyway, those are my social hour updates. Um, I yield my time to the news segment or to Under 10 minutes we one can do the, it okay one of the odd news items should be how good ginger candy is though because that's like my that's my candy of choice i think yeah, i feel like we're definitely a ginger ginger candy pod like we've talked about this before yeah, oh, yeah i usually have just like my mom is also a big ginger candy person so she like sometimes she'll just buy them in bulk and give me a bunch it's great speaking of candy Oh, I oh. like those. Are they I good? hate these. No, they're I awful. like those. I'm excited to try them. I I'm really holding like up those. just for our listeners. Skittles state. gummies. By Skittles the way. gummies. I bought two bags because they were misplaced in the grocery store, and I was like, somebody should put these away. But I'll buy them. Nice. So I bought two bags. I ate one, and yeah, I don't like them. I like gummy candy. I love Skittles. Yeah, I don't like these. All right. Wow. Well, fair enough. Um, That's news. our mystery for this week. All right, shall we breeze through, through some news? Uh, Let's go first through up, some news. Uh, Justin Miram retired from international soccer. We said we'd talk about that last week. Uh, it sounds like it was because he his coach is terrible. Not the first player to retire because they hate the coach. Uh, yeah, a la Kyle Beckerman. Yeah. I was- <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he says he's retired, but once they fire that coach, he might be back. Like, he's young enough that, like, I wouldn't rule think, it out. I think he's 34, right? Uh, yeah, but I mean, he, I I don't know that he's going to be back, but he's young enough that, like, if they wanted to, it wouldn't be a – like, he's not ancient yet. If their coach got fired well, he's, he's in 32. a couple weeks, he yeah. probably – he could be back in the team, I think. But I, I don't know. I don't follow the Iraq national team very well. So no, just some interesting drama. Uh, next yeah. up, oh, anything else, Kyle? Well, on that? let's see. So there was um, this journalist that posted a story on his Substack. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, he 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 talked a lot about like. Um, just like the types of mistreatment and kind of the, the disrespect that Justin Miram felt from like the current coaching administration of the Iraqi national team, which is 
Um, how do you say his name? Is it Dick, Dick Advocat? I thought it was, I mean, not an expert here. thought it was Advocate. Advocate? I don't know. Um, I'm sure that's wrong because it's Dutch. So, All right, I'm yeah, where's Virtue when we need him? Um, anyway, Advoca. so it's what? Advoca. Advoca. Yeah, okay. so I was, I was 100% right. Let's move on. Yeah, so um, <laughs> there's the, and like this this article, it's Justin Miram retires from international football by Hassanan and Mubarak. And I think it, it seems like, um, He's like interviewed him, I guess, but like he's talking a lot about like comparing the previous coaching coaches and um, leaders of the FA there to current and talking about how like the former everyone was like 10 times better. Um, Just and I guess Miriam just felt like there was absolutely zero communication um, from from Advocado and will and like how. He just, I mean, even if he was going to be selected again, which he might be, he just felt like it just isn't even worth the trouble. And he talked about, I mean, it really is so hard for those international breaks for him to get over there and play a game. It's like he's like traveling for 24 hours or more. Um, and it's just, it's just really hard. It takes, it takes a huge toll. And then like when he gets over there, there was like no one talking to him about things. No one, it didn't feel like there was like any of their support for him. But, um, I mean, he like loves the fans and feels like sad that he's letting them down to an extent, but just like he can't do it anymore, which I get like that would be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, poor guy. Yep. And that's All right, it. Next, next up, uh, Real Monarchs player James Moberg announced his retirement. He's been with the Monarchs uh, for six years now. So just a, a nice little note. Good for him. That's right. Good for James. That's all I've got. Yeah, I saw Nick post like a big uh, um, thing about him on Twitter, which was was nice. But yeah, thank you, James, for your service to the Monarchs. He was currently the longest tenured player. Yeah. And he is 27 years old. I would like to retire at 27. Although uh, retiring retiring from USL play would be a lot like me retiring right now in that it would be a bad financial decision <laughs> that's right so uh, hopefully yeah. he ends up uh finding a you know coaching training I don't know, or just something. doing something entirely out of soccer i guess yeah. like certain other art like xrsl players who work with people we know oh that's true wait who's that never mind someone works with justin braun isn't it justin braun yeah, one, oh, yeah. One, uh, <laughs> Miles, who contributes to RSL Soapbox, at least used to. I don't believe he does oh, yeah. anymore. I, f- I swear, like, Miles worked with multiple ex RSL guys, but maybe not. He knows I don't know. basically everybody. So. Miles, he does. He knows far too many people. Uh, James Moberg went to the University of Washington and looks like he played there for three or four years. So Nice. Probably as close to a degree, maybe has a degree. Yeah, Wikipedia doesn't specify if he has a degree or what it's in, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I'm always curious what like athletes get their degree in because I'm pretty sure like I don't know what what Alexi Lalas got his degree in, but in my mind it's just playing like the acoustic guitar in like an indie rock (laughs) band. But I know that's not it. I I think that's probably close though. (laughs) Something like that. I don't know because like 
maybe he didn't go to the Tim Howard University thing that he's on the commercials for, but um, maybe it was like Rutgers. In my mind, Alexi Lalas went. It is Rutgers. Why do I know that? Yeah. Why do I I feel like I read that, and in the back of my mind, I was like, "Oh, I knew that too." So why? Yeah. Anyway, I don't know why I knew that, but yeah, like I wonder what athletes generally get their degrees in. Who knows? I don't know. Not sure. Um, he got his degree in English with a minor in music. So, uh, oh, good for him. he really did get a degree in music. Okay. An nice. indie rock degree. If there ever was one. Well, I, I don't know about the requirements for a minor in music from Rutgers, but I was looking into doing a minor in music when I was looking into going into college and pretty much every university's minor in music was like, if you know how to play music, you can get a minor in music. Like it's the easiest thing in the world. You take right, a couple yeah. like music appreciation classes, participate in a couple music groups, and like that's it. That sounds good. Yeah, it's more complicated than that, but it, it looked like an easiest minor in the oh, world. Trevor, Trevor, going hard at uh, college admissions for music these days. Yeah, so, like, I was on board because that's what I when I wanted to go to college, I wanted to do that, um, and the music major was way harder than the minor. Than the minor. Oh, I see. Got yeah, it. like comparatively, like it wasn't even close. Like a minor would be incredibly easy to squeeze in to any major and a music major was incredibly difficult hmm. fascinating That's good to know well you and alexi lalish should uh should shred some time and talk about why the world cup should be every other year or whatever oh yeah <laughs> i mean it'd be it'd be fun <clears throat> for, for me and him maybe <laughs> that's about it yeah well yeah wait trevor do yes. you think the world cup should be every other year no I, I, no, I just so think that like Alexi and I, like, I know it'd be fun for you guys to argue. It would be fun to argue because we can both just go for it. I'm sure that we're both capable of just arguing a point that we don't truly believe in. Yeah, I think that's probably true. <laughs> I think that's probably true of his. Oh, okay. Sorry, not to get too much on, on a tangent, but like some of the arguments for. So it, it came out like the every other year thing. So there's, there's talk a lot of all these ex FIFA legends and the current fifa guy what's his face um are like yeah are trying to have the world cup every two years instead of every four years and alexi lawless is supportive of this and then it came out that like um that like some of the some of some factions uh like maybe um people from uefa were trying to say that maybe teams shouldn't be able to compete every two years like maybe they're only in every four years but the world cup is held every two years but team like the worst teams are in some of the i don't really know what the idea is and alexi lalas got way mad at that and he was like wow like this is like this is like that this i'm not supportive of this idea at all but then separately he was talking about the benefits of having it every two years talking about some of the tiny european nations who like now have to wait another four years because they didn't qualify for this world cup and i was like they didn't qualify for this world cup it's very unlikely they're going to qualify for one in four years or two years so if you're not supportive of like the bad team good team world cup then why would you why would that be the argument as to why they should have it every two years so they can just miss out on the world cup every two years instead of out of every four years like, yeah. that's so, ridiculous so here's my take i think i tweeted this but uh instead of doing like a good team and slightly less good team world cup 
I think you should do a good team and truly bad team World Cup. <laughs> so I want to see like San Marino. I'm looking at the list right now. San Marino <laughs> and Anguilla, Anguilla, the British Virgin <laughs> Islands, the U.S. Virgin Islands, Guam. I want to see them like and every other team from oh, like 190 to 210. Germany game. <laughs> oh, that would that be would good. Be... And like really give these really terrible teams a chance to uh, play on the world stage. And entertain us all with their terrible soccer. Yeah. No, just real quick. If we were going to do a World Cup every two years, I think there's like good ways and bad ways to go about it. But no, like as a whole, it's a stupid thing to do. And I think a lot of the conversation around it has been kind of stupid. Like a lot of the ideas that they proposed, like the one that UEFA proposed, I think where they were like, we'll participate in the one every four years and then we'll give, I think, think kyle was alluding to this the one the way i read it was south america and part of north america and like all of uefa like those whole confederations would just like not compete in the second one that's so to give dumb. everybody else like a chance and i was like that's the most disrespectful thing <laughs> that i've heard from like I know. UEFA. just be like oh yeah we'll just that's- give all your terrible teams a chance so yeah, no, I, I remember that Alexi was tweeting a lot about his like meeting with FIFA and the whole Legends thing. And I remember he took a very like they're presenting good ideas kind of take to it where he wasn't like totally advocating like we need to be doing this. It was just like, oh, I heard I listened to him and they came up with some good ideas, guys. You should yes. listen to him, too, which is very Alexi's way of just agreeing completely with it. Because if he doesn't agree with it, he's pretty obvious about it. But if he knows that it's a bad idea or won't be well received, then he just goes like, oh, I don't know. Maybe we should listen. Maybe they got good ideas. Well, what about this? This is a good idea. Yeah, that's that's very Alexi. But anyway, sorry. Didn't mean to sidetrack. But I just that's just been on my mind a lot because I don't know. That's annoying. Anyway, more news. More news. All right. So uh, and we'll get into this a lot more when we talk about the game. Uh, but RSL's playoff chances have dropped to about 66% from about 80-some-odd percent uh, after the loss. Uh, no surprise, that number is always going to drop when you lose. Um, yeah. But it's it's not looking as good as it did. And this weekend will, or the next a like it's eight a, days, right? Yeah. It'll be very telling. We have our last three games in the next eight days, right? So we have Wednesday away at Dallas. Saturday at home versus San is San Jose at home or San Jose, is it yeah no I'm looking at it now San Jose at home this weekend yeah. then Portland at home on the following Wednesday yep then away to Sporting on the final game day Sunday November seventh oh, that's right so we have two away two home left yeah all in the next two weeks and, and it's ugh, ugh. I mean is is six more points okay so assuming. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know if I mean we've been good at home. We have like the best home record in the West. We've been abysmal away. So assuming we get six points, which I don't know, do we get six points from well, Portland and and uh, San Jose? Let's just say that we do. Okay, let's is just, that enough? That's yeah, that's where I'm going. That would give us 48 points. We are currently with the game in hand behind Vancouver. They are at 44 means if they get four points if minnesota gets three points la would need two la and portland would need two points and then we would all be tied on 48 
I don't think that's a likely scenario. I think Portland, LA, and Minnesota are probably going to get more than 48. Vancouver could get more than 48. And then behind us is LAFC at 41, and then San Jose is way out of the picture at 37. So Salt Lake and LAFC are in 8 and 9, 42 and 41 points respectively, 2 and 3 points out of the playoff picture right now. And I think RSL is the only team with four games to play. Everybody else has three games to play. Yep, which both is, plays into our hands and against us, right? So it's one of those gotta, games. Two of those games uh, of the four are away. Yep, yep. and and they're in like tight proximity, which does not help us. No. Yeah, we should just plan on losing that fourth game. I think, and just well, we definitely should. I was going to say, Sporting has been kind of off and on throughout the season, but they've been a lot more on lately than they've been off, especially in Kansas city right you think i don't know i'm just doing a quick run through i'm sure there's a website that would give me a home and away record <laughs> that would make this easier but yeah they're not bad at home yeah well anyway i guess we'll see but i'm not I, six points would be is we got we got to get those six points for sure yep i think we need to get at least like i think we're not comfortable until we get seven or eight. D- did we miss the playoffs with 48 points under Mike Pecky one of those years? The first, Ooh, maybe the first I year? I think we might have. I think it was 48 and we missed it. Is that 2017? I think so. Let us um, look. 48 is just is sticking in my head as like a... 45. Oh, we had 45. Okay. Yeah. So close. Very close. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. If we get 48, it's not really what's the what's the phrase that they always use? Um we want to take it like out of the other team's hands. Yeah. Like we want to no longer in our hands. Sure get we, in, yeah. Then, then I think we need to get eight points from the next four games, which is not impossible, but based on our record under Pablo, <laughs> unlikely. Yep. But that's, again, we've been talking about this like all season. That's winning at home and drawing away. If you win both your home games, if you draw on the road, that's eight points. That's the bar. But, and that would get us 50. Yep. Yeah. Oh, good luck, team. Okay. Anyway. All right. Final news item today is that I've seen some rumors floating around Twitter. Uh, and it looks like Tony Datkovich is rumored to be unhappy at rsl um (laughs) which i mean you can probably understand why he's not playing um and that's not bound to make any player happy um especially when they're making you know making good money and could be playing in europe yep and he has been left out of the 18 due to selection for the last two games is that right yep Yep. absolutely selection confirmed with the club not in the 18 injury and when he was in the 18 the last several games, he's been playing kind of a stupid position. Not a stupid position. I shouldn't say that. A position that he doesn't play. Yeah. Like he's a center back. He's a center back, center back. He's not like a roaming left wing center back, <laughs> which is like what we had him doing yeah. the last two times he was on the field. So I could see not playing making you unhappy, but I could also see when you play, you play a position you're not comfortable with, you don't like. It's not something you've been doing and you've been a professional for like eight or nine years now. So, you know, what you like and don't like. But I thought yeah, yeah, all players were any formation. If he's unhappy, like that makes sense. 
Yeah. Yes. So rumors have him going back to Cartagena at the end of the season. We'll see if anything like that plays out. Um, but certainly what I've heard from the club is that, uh, that there, there's probably some dissatisfaction with his performance. Um, and, uh, I'm fair to say he hasn't been great, but, um, when we've been bad, everybody's been pretty bad. So I don't know. I, I have yeah. mixed feelings on that. He's been not great, but it's not like his fault that he hasn't been not great. I yeah, it might like, be yeah. partially, but we don't know it, because we haven't yeah, seen it. I, yeah, it's been chaotic. Like he got like fit and was like ready to get going as Freddie was like about to like walk out the door and then like things weren't going to change, but then they massively did. And we were, I mean, people were high on the left foot because it allows us to play a three back, but (laughs) like the three back isn't really a three in the back, not three center backs. It's like, it's chaotic. I, I don't know. And then he had unlucky stuff like with the penalty and like the, I think there was like an own goal and then just, I mean, he had some bad games, but I didn't think he was like particular. I mean, so much of our team doesn't like cover themselves in glory, but they still get to start every single week and get playing time. Like, I don't know. I, I like Justin Miram as a person. Don't understand why he still gets like consistent minutes over, over Joni Menendez. That makes zero sense to me. Don't understand what Pablo Ruiz is ever doing on defense. Um, uh, yeah, I I mean, Eric Holt's been fine. I think he's been like maybe better than I expected, but it's like, I don't know. He's been better improving, than, but he's not been good. Is he week in and week out a starter over Tony no. Dakovich and like Justin Glatt? I mean, I don't, I wouldn't think so, but yep. who knows, man. <clears throat> and Marcelo Silva is getting closer to fitness, so that does give us a chance to yeah. maybe see a slightly different lineup but i don't know i could also see eric holt starting over marcelo silva he honestly probably does because he doesn't he doesn't go and like do crazy things in the attack as much as marcelo silva does (laughs) um so i could see that i don't know but yeah i don't so just add tony dakovic to the list of players we've signed who are uh we're paying um good amount of money to do nothing so we've got um bobby wood joni menendez uh jason ramirez tony dakovic just doing nothing. It's like two and a half million dollars right there. Yep. Should be noted that when Dakovich signed back in June, uh, he signed a two year deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we'll if see. he's going to leave this off season, like it's going to take some work on both sides, but yeah, if he wants to leave and we have a coach who won't play him properly. Yeah. We'll see him. We will see. All right. So let's talk about the game. <laughs> I like how you tease that. Like we have news or information. Oh, we don't. Yeah, I we guess don't. we'll see. Yeah. No. Let's Nobody talk about anything. the game. Um, so Kyle, you watched it last night and today because you were at Frightmares. That's right. Um, I watched it on Saturday and today because you're I insane. Fun. Uh, Trevor, did you just watch it one time? On, yeah. I don't understand why somebody would watch watch it twice like that doesn't make any sense to me i wanted to be prepared for the podcast you could just watch the highlights well be a I, lot quicker i Only realized that all, all the things i would have said before are the same now after having watched it again so <laughs> uh, the preparation was unnecessary yeah it was not a game that i anybody should watch twice it was bad all around i feel bad that i watched it to be honest i 
was glad that I, I mean, so that's the second, this is the second time I've done this with away games recently. Like I, I purposely, well, I didn't purposely, I just ended up having plans during the Austin away game. Cause I, um, didn't realize the game was as early as it was. And I was up at, uh, Oktoberfest and was extremely glad to not have watched that one live. Then I was at uh, Frightmares for this one, which I knew was probably going to be the case. And I was extremely glad to not have watched this one live. I was saddened to have watched it later, though. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know, guys. That like what? I mean, what am I supposed to uh, which they, they didn't wake up in their beds. Right. Is yeah, that right? That's got to have something to do with it. They probably expected to wake up in their beds, which makes me wonder if they're being like drugged or something before. Know, the have, game, you but... seen, have you guys seen uh, Parent Trap? Uh, no, uh, the Lindsay Lohan decade. one. Yeah, the Lindsay Lohan yeah. one. Do you remember yeah. when the uh, the hot new mom? They like they're camping and they put her. They push her air mattress out into the lake. Oh, jeez! I had such a problem with that because, like, I'm a pretty <laughs> deep sleeper, like as a human being. <laughs> But yeah. I'm pretty GD sure I would notice <laughs> if I'm sleeping on a sleeping mattress, like an air mattress, Look. that then gets pushed out onto the lake. All I'm saying like, is maybe... Most unrealistic scene in the movie. Maybe all our boys right. woke up on Lake Michigan on not their beds, <laughs> and that's why we suck so bad away. And that's why this team is bad in away games, because the somebody's just sabotaging their beds every time they're not used to playing these are professional athletes they're not used to be playing games that are not at home like i don't know what you want me to tell you but when they're not waking up in their beds at home in utah what do like why why even play these games we should just be forfeiting for anybody who's confused kyle is making fun of what pablo mastroeni our head coach said in response to the question I don't know the exact wording, but I'm sure it was close to, hey, why are we so bad on the road? And Pablo's answer was, oh, it's psychological. It's totally psychological. Any t- any team that plays at home wakes up in their own beds and they're ready to go. And any team that is on the road wakes up in some foreign, strange land and is not at all prepared to play soccer. That's just science. Why are you mad that we're losing on the road? What do you want me to do about it? I think I'm quoting Pablo correctly there, but that was basically his answer to that very reasonable question was to get snippy and then answer it poorly. Yeah. You have the best home record, especially after like a bad start at home. We have the best home record in the West and we have the fourth worst record on the road in the league. Like what is people should absolutely be asking about that discrepancy between those two things. Like why? And we're not even, we're not even doing like long travel. Like these are all almost every one of the, like Chicago away is our one Eastern conference game away game this year. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So this is all Western conference away games. Not, I mean, long travel relative to the rest of the world, but like by MLS standards, not long travel. And like this is a team like that has spent most almost every one of our starters has been in the MLS for years. So what's going on, boys? Like what's what what's the deal? I feel like that's a very fair question and the answer shouldn't be <laughs> about the beds they woke up in. Like this isn't new for anyone here. I don't understand. Anyway, that that there is that just really upset me. One, two, three. 
three teams in the entirety of the league who have lost more games on the road than RSL. Yeah, so we're yeah, fourth worst. Yeah. So I think it's re- it's reasonable to expect better than this, right? I would think so. I don't even know if it's reasonable, but it's reasonable to ask the question and expect an answer that's like, oh, here's what we're doing bad. Here's what we can do better. Yeah, we are too expansive on the road. We don't change our shape. We don't. We aren't focused. It's it's got to be something more than psychology uh, is a thing. Yeah, yeah. it's it's pop psychology, right? This isn't like actual psychology that Pablo Mastroeni is doing. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like people talk about psychological things in sports. Like ninety nine percent of it is pop psychology and not much more. I mean, there are. We have three wins on the road. There are one, two, three, four, five teams in the Western Conference who have five or more wins on the road. Like, what are they doing that we're not doing? Some teams have figured out how to win games on the road. Why are we not? So let's talk about that in in regard to this game, because I think the first thing that pops to mind for me is that our spacing is, like, incredibly bad. Yeah, and I no, can't and, uh, out why. Bit of a spoiler alert: we lost in Chicago one uh, zero oh, yeah. to a team that's been eliminated from the playoffs already. Um, and that was fielding a like was their goalie like seventeen or something? They had yeah, a seventeen year old goalie. <laughs> he's the kid that they've played for kind of the last couple of games. He's um, good. They, yeah, he really good against us. Um, but he's been pretty good and it's clearly like it's the end of the season. Like let's get some experience because we're not going to the playoffs. That's why they're playing this kid and they played him for the last couple of games. And they've yeah. done that. They've got a couple other players that they're doing that kind of stuff with. They played a couple of homegrowns. I think they had a homegrown debut against us. Like this team is not a team that's trying to win. That's the thing that's most frustrating. Like if we go to Seattle and lose on the road, like fine, I get it. But we're playing Chicago, who has been pretty bad all year. And <sighs> oh, we just didn't wake up in the right bed, guys. That's the problem. Uh, it's so Chicago annoying. has won seven games at home all season. Yeah. So this uh I know Matt mentioned the spacing. Just the whole organization among the back line, if that's what we can call it, and the midfield, which ostensibly are Pablo Ruiz and Everton Louise. Um, it's just, it's, it's such a mess. And I mean, we, we talked about that, like at, at the last, the last home game, I was just sitting there marveling at like where Albert Rusnak had to put himself in order to like, in order to create some options f- in the midfield to get the ball, like just Everton and Pablo were just like nowhere ever um and it's 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 bad and like the whole midfield triangle between albert um everton and paulo is just i don't know it's 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 not it's not organizationally sound at all like when we're trying to play out of the back which we often do and i and i get that um it's just like how many times do we end up just like passing the ball back and around and then it just ends with like a 40 yard diagonal ball to try to get to Krylock's head. And he just like, doesn't get to it. And it's just over the top or something like it's oh, way too times. often. It's so frustrating because we see like that we have certain things going for us. And then we just, it's, I, I don't know. I, it's really weird to watch. Well, and we've heard Dunny talk about it on the broadcast for the last several games. Like ever since they'd switched to the three man back line, Dunny has harped on the fact that, 
apparently Pablo is the one who told him one of those two, Everton and Paulo or Everton and Nick, whoever it is, like one of them needs to stay back and provide cover. Which is fair, right? You got. Yeah. Like that's part of the system and that's one of the ways to make the system successful, which is fine. But Dunny harps on it every single game. There's so many times where one or both of them aren't there. They're supposed to be. It's like obvious that they're supposed to be there and they're just simply not. We get caught in transition a whole lot with them just completely out of position. Um, and even when we have possession, we're doing, like you said, trying to play it along through the back. They're not there. They're half the time. They're nowhere to be found. And so, if that's yeah. like the, their job to do that. And they're so bad at it so often. Something's got to change. So I think I know where they are during those moments um, and rewatching the game and not not looking for moments where things might happen um, was actually really helpful for me trying to understand it um, because there were there were a number of times we you know sprayed the ball out to the wing we've got our you know quote wing back in Justin Miram or Michael Chang or Michael Andrew Chang Brody the, yeah uh, out there um, but they have no one to provide them like any sort of overlap um, but they're playing like they expect overlap. And that overlap, yeah. instead of coming from a fullback, is now coming from the midfield. So Everton, Louise, a number of times, like went out left or went out right to provide like either a short passing option. Um, he never overlapped, which I mean, I think is the right decision. But as a result, like we vacate the midfield to provide assistance on the wing. Yep. And then we have nothing in the midfield and we're you know, lost. Yeah. Like Matt posted the screenshot from the in the moment of the game is 1609 where Michael Chang has the ball on the left wing um, and we have uh, where he he's essentially got zero passing or he can play. The only person that he can pass back to appears to be Eric or Justin Glad. I think that is um, who's directly back down the line from him. And then there's no one in the midfield, like between Justin Glad and our three apparent strikers. So we have Albert Rusnak, Demir Krylock and Rubio Rubin in the 18 guarded by four or five players. And then we have Everton, Pablo and Aaron Herrera, just like just hanging out behind 40 yards from goal where it, it's goal. very helpful. Cause you can see the uh, NFL lines on the field. So this is exactly 20 yards behind the field or behind the ball, just nowhere in it, not in a helpful place at all. That, that that little moment is fascinating. And then there's that one later that uh, in de- our defensive shape where we just have this so much space behind our wingbacks. In this case, if we're calling Andrew Brody a wingback, we have this no man's land with him and Aaron Herrera. And then where they're both going to the ball and then guess who there's just someone wide open right at the top of the 18 where uh, Everton is. Uh, is Everton on the in the eighteen in that screenshot? I can't. No, no, no that's, that's Holton uh, Glad. That's Holton Glad and Brody. And who's above Brody? That's Aaron Herrera. And then yeah, Pablo's Aaron on the Herrera right side. So this is at Pablo's 44, chasing from the back. Yeah, four minutes twenty one seconds. Right this is the, the ball. Yeah, yeah, this is the ball in to the guy behind Brody. He takes it, dribbles a bit, and then puts in the cross that eventually leads to the goal. And this is like how every team that we've played the last six or seven games or whatever 
this is how they create dangerous moments. Like this is not like a unique thing. Like people know how to do this. Coaches know how to do this. Players know how to do this. It's very easy to get in behind RSL when they're playing the three man back line, which yeah. is if I know we're not playing a traditional three man back line by any real stretch of the mean, but that's if you're doing that, you should have other things going on that prevent them from being able to get in behind very easily. We yeah. don't at all. Every team easily gets the ball in behind. It's just a lofted long ball to a guy playing way out on the wing. And then that stretches our three man back line. It stretches our wing back. We have to go cover that guy that leaves space in the middle and they get shots and they get goals. And that's why we've given up 37 goals in the last four games with Pablo as the coach. <laughs> Uh, I don't because it's so easy. I don't know that it's that many, Trevor. But um, I'm, my numbers might be wrong. Bear with me oh, okay. here, but I'm doing it off the top of my head. It seems like that many. Um, I'm actually grabbing the number right now. Uh, <laughs> with Pablo as a coach, we've conceded 19 goals in uh, 10 games. It's a lot. It's a lot yeah, of goals. That's, that's nearly two goals a game. So it's it's also ugh. a lot considering how many games we've won. Interestingly. Um, which is like all of our home games, but uh, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, 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 yep. All right, so here's here's the thing that really killed me after the game, and this is what we hinted at earlier with Rusnak. It's that he he thought that RSL don't so so he admitted that RSL did not have a good game in the first half, which is good because it was true. Uh, but he he really thought we dominated the second half, uh, and he went so far as to tell uh, the the reporter on on the Zoom call that uh, he wasn't sure what game he was watching because RSL dominated the second half. I believe that was Alex Mauer or Mower. Uh, Alex, if you are listening, please send us a note on pronunciation. I can't really <laughs> Google this one, um, so we're just gonna have to live with. In my in my experience, it's Mauer, but I don't know. Okay, about Alex in particular. Mm. Anyway, anyway, so you ask a question, oh. and Albert gets uh, gets snippy, as they do. Yeah, and and that response after a loss against one of the worst teams in the league just look floors me for some reason, and maybe I shouldn't be surprised. Um. But I'd love to be surprised by this. Well, how do you we were kind of talking about this for a minute before. How do we define dominated? Like because in order to say that you dominated, there has to be some kind of thing that happened that you did better than the other team. Right? Yes. How are you defining that? Usually, usually that means like the score. Scored, yeah, usually you score two or three goals and they scored zero goals. That's easy. But yeah. we didn't score any goals. Um we Barely had a couple of shots. We had more corners. We had more possession. Um, yeah, I mean, shots were pretty much even. Uh, aerials won pretty much even. We had way more tackles. So I, I guess we were dominant in that category. But there wasn't any, there's not really any meaningful way that we were dominant. Yeah, not like, XG. Unless, like, unless I'm mistaken. The XG in the second half, we had 0.92 to their 0.63 came out you know 0.31 below their their full total um but literally everything else like you're saying yeah i mean if you (laughs) if you ever come out of a game against a team that's been eliminated from the playoffs in the eastern conference 
um, and you claim to have dominated them and you walk out of there with zero points, maybe you shouldn't say you dominated them, in my opinion. Yeah. I like Albert, but come on, man. <laughs> like more, so I hate the, that a lot. There is one stat we dominated in, and that's tackle count. Yeah, that's what, that's what Trevor mentioned, <laughs> yeah. the tackles. Yeah. 15 to 4, right? Like, Yep. Ugh. Like, it's not a good stat to be dominant like that in, honestly. Uh, and it's very strange to me that it's part of a dominate, like a domineering performance. Um, well, that's the thing. You don't want to make think, that many tackles, right? I don't think Albert was saying, oh, we got way more tackles, so we're dominant. But I, right. yeah, that's, that's my question to Albert is like, what – what do you mean by dominant? Like, yeah, because possession is, is nice and good. And it's great that we had 60% possession through the second half. But again, it's one of those things that's like, if you have 60% possession against one of the worst teams in the league, and you can't turn that into any real good opportunities, you can't turn that into any goals. How are you dominating? Like, it I think it's because I it mean, it felt, it felt like we were dominating because of how bad the first half was, where we literally <laughs> only had two shots in total. So, yeah, I mean, it's dumb. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could make an argument that you dominated your first half selves by uh, getting way more shots. Our, so, our two shots in the first half, Rubio Rubina had one in the second minute. Our next shot was the 14th minute. Didn't have one the rest of the half. Ugh. And then didn't have one until the 51st minute. And then we had a bunch in the second half, but like obviously nothing doing. But even so. then, like the shot total was 13 to 14. Like we in had the 14 shots. Half, yeah. yeah, 14 shots. Like that's yeah, they a good, had 25 good total shots that game. We had 16. But from their 13 shots, six of those were on target. From our 14 shots, five were on target. Mm-hmm. We dominated in shots on target percentage. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, that Albert's just an advanced analytic guy, in which these the, we're talking about stats we don't even know exist yet in this country. Please, Albert, bubbling in the frame. These stats are so that I can understand soccer better. Because I mean, we forced a we forced a, a big save out of their 17 year old on that. Um, Several actually. Yeah, their 17 year old goalkeeper who's 17 was making a lot of big 17 year old big boy saves, and we couldn't score on the child. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he had five saves. We had eight. I guess I'm thinking about children playing professional soccer now since last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, this is what like he's the youngest uh, goalkeeper in MLS history to start a game, right? And that's where a stat's meaningful because he's playing in a meaningful game. Yeah, I mean, even if they're out of the playoffs, right? But he's performing. But also, he's 17. So, like, at this point, yeah, yeah. pretty comfortable yeah. knowing that he's going to be, like, a professional soccer player. Like, yeah. he's not going to, like, change his mind. Job. Maybe well, that's great. still can do. Yeah. Anyway, so All bad right. game. It was a bad game. And we play another one this week, which is also away. And if we somehow get points away, that'd be great. How, how's Dallas doing? Dallas is OGs. Bad. It's the standings. Uh, they great. are... Statistically worse than Chicago. <laughs> they haven't won a game since August 29th when they beat Austin 5-3. If we go further back than that, their last game they won before that was 
Austin on August 7th. <sighs> they have one more point than Austin. That is so, that is shambolic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, they we drew with the Austin, Galaxy. So. They lost to LAFC. They drew with Minnesota, lost to Sporting, lost to Vancouver, lost to Houston. It's, yeah, wow. Their home record is, a, well, it's okay. No, it's abysmal. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's real bad, but they are in Texas, and we always kind of find a way to suck in Texas. Yeah. But it is Texas in October, so maybe there's a difference. And they got uh, Ricardo Pepe. So. And they do have Ricardo Pepe. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I don't uh, know. I'm man. not optimistic, again, because we are on the road. But if we can get our first away win since San Jose, that would be great. Yeah, very that'd great. be great. But uh, I guess, guess we'll have to wait and see. And oh, then, wanted, then, oh go on, on, Trevor. Sorry, I wanted to do one thing. I got to go back and find it. I'm sorry. Right. Right. I was looking at uh, who scored. They have like their match summary where they just like have like bullet points oh, for yeah, strengths yeah. and weaknesses mm-hmm. and styles. Um, I just thought these were funny. The strengths under Real Salt Lake... Guess how many they have listed? Chicago had four. Seven. Ooh. RSL had one. Strength. What was our strength? Stole the ball often from the opposition. <laughs> <laughs> no, it gets better because uh, RSL had two weaknesses. Uh, Chicago had four. And one of RSL's weaknesses was lost possession often and Chicago also lost possession often. Nice. Uh, we, were, we were poor at finishing. They were also poor at finishing. Yeah. Um, and styles, we both matched with favored long shots. <laughs> this is not the team you want to be matching up with that way, right? That thing no. that RSL always does score from long shots. They, uh, Chicago, their style also had a large quantity of possession in their opponent's half. Yep. Which is just uh, great. Yep. All right. Well, but it's okay because we dominated the second half, guys. We are one minute away from Kyle needing to go watch uh, the new That's right. movie based on that book, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No, it's Dune. It's, uh, okay. Dune Dunk, Dun. Dunk. I've Dunk. got somebody who's on Twitter. Who Ryan Duneseth. <laughs> who keeps insisting that the font that they use for all the um, like posters and everything. Yeah. It, it's Dunk. There's no oh. way that that's an E. Oh, fair I enough. Love it. Um, I love it. Because it looks like a C. A movie about basketball, right? It I is. So. Yeah. Yep. Well, all, right, all well. you guys know how Dunkirk is. I'm supposed to, it's supposed to be pretty good. Seeing it in IMAX. <laughs> I'm excited for another World War II film from Christopher Nolan. It's going to be good. Enjoy. I hope uh, no one talks behind you, and I, I hope the popcorn is delicious. If you enjoy popcorn, I do. I, I do partake of the, of the, the devil's corn. kernels, and oh boy, <laughs> yeah, and, we're uh, going to be having fun. On that note, um, we'll see you soon. For well. I should say this has been episode 68 of Off the Crossbar. <laughs> uh, I didn't announce it Welcome earlier. Welcome to episode 68 of Off the Crossbar. <laughs> I'll have to put something at the beginning again. Uh, and uh, oh, well. we'll have a very special episode next time. That's right. A very nice so, special episode. Yeah. It's going to be all about Squid Game. Okay. Perfect. Well, bye. Yeah, get back to you later. <laughs>